0: Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Hey, family, welcome
1: to another CCC Sunday experience. We want to say thank you always for tuning in. We appreciate it. And, you know... Uh, I'm, we're gonna get right into it because Dr. Bernard caused some trouble last week. Oh, uh wait, 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 you said that last week? No, you I know <laughs> trouble the week before. No, you, you gotta understand. I'm I, making it a I, habit. The tr- I, I think the trouble that you cause is based on the length. Of the, the questions people have, they send me. You know, and they went, in my uh, Instagram DM, they was going in like questions. And the biggest question was the one that you said about how the ministers tried to, uh, you know, with, with God turned his back on Jesus oh. at the time. And to a point where, can, can I read one of the questions? Okay, okay. okay, was okay. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Cedric Darius. And he, he sent me in a DM. He said, good morning, Pastor Jamal. I pray that all is well. After watching service yesterday, I was reflecting on Matthew 27, 46, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As Pastor Bernard said, uh, some people have taught that God turned his face away from Jesus because he cannot uh, look upon sin. Uh, he also continued saying that due to his holiness. But if you read in Job 1, 6, it says... One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them. I woke up this morning for prayer and Bible study and the spirit led me to Habakkuk 1.13, which reads, Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. You know, the God, you know that God is pure. But how was the devil able to resent himself before God if he cannot look upon evil?
0: Whoa, Okay. I know there was a whole lot, but
1: that's how I know you're causing trouble. Because these are the the questions, you know, sorry, I got a quick question tonight. Now a whole, you know,
0: paragraph. But but you know what's nice in in this format? Mm -hmm. We're able to tackle some of those questions. Yes. Because I'm sure that for years, those of you who have been with us for a long time, part of our family, you sit in service while I'm preaching and you would love to say, can I ask a question? (laughs) So PJ is your representative here. I got you. I got you. <laughs> uh, well, you know this is a, a, a matter of hermeneutics. Yes. and you're familiar with the term? Yes it's a yes Greek term and um, essentially it, it means the principles for biblical interpretation. Well actually, interpretation of anything. it yes. could be hermeneutics for philo- philo- philosophy, mm-hmm. philosophical writings. Uh, writings of wisdom, other types of literature. Even just basic poetry, you're going back
1: into you know, the days of some of the old poets, there had to be a certain hermeneutics in order to understand what they were
0: really talking about. Exactly. So hermeneutics is really the principles that you apply to interpret things, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and it creates a lens through which you see and understand things. Unfortunately, and this is what I was told, you know, uh, when I became a Christian, that just Pick up the Bible and read it, and you'll be able to understand it. The Holy Spirit will give you, you know, inspiration and, and divine insight. You know, as I continue to read the Bible, I found, no, 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 uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Yes. So I, I had to grow and learn. So this is the, these are the laws or principles that guide us when we read Scripture. And let me just say this uh, about, about the Bible. The Bible is a, an account of what we believe to be historical fact. Mm-hmm. And as archaeology continues and findings, you know, they continue to prove that the Bible is true. Not that the Bible has to be proven, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's great that mm-hmm. science can come along and say, well, wow, yeah, that's mm-hmm. real. There were Hittites, <laughs> you know? Um, but, but the Bible is an account of, of, of historical facts but it is also a book of figurative speech. Yes. So it uses things, and I better go to the board on okay. this one. Are we going to the board? Yeah, you know, going to the we board. Haven't, we haven't done that. <laughs> I mean, we're going to the mattresses here or, or the board? Okay. And all I need is the pen. So, so it's it's figurative language. So it's written literally, mm-hmm. right? Facts, events that actually took place, but it's also written. Uh, in figurative language. So the Bible is filled with poetry. Mm-hmm. Along with poetry, it has something called hyperbole. Also, it has, it's filled with symbolism. It is filled with allegory. Boy, that's an interesting one <laughs> and it is filled with metaphor so sometimes you 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 read things and the question is the big question is which takes time study observation you know uh, and you get better at it mm-hmm. because it's, it's a difficult challenge and the question is when you're reading it what do you take literally yes what do you see as a poetic expression mm-hmm. what do you see as hyperbole which is an exaggeration Uh, exaggerated statement to to make a point, right? Uh, Symbolism, because the Bible is filled with types and shadows. You read in the Old Testament, it's pointing to Jesus or pointing to things in the New Testament. Uh, There's allegory where it's it's sharing a story to explain something that's not necessarily literally true, Mm -hmm. all right? And, And metaphor, where language is used to represent something else, all right? So, you take like. Um...
1: May I ask you a question? Because I know somebody's probably asking this question. Because <laughs> uh, one of the things when you taught me, you know, when we started, you started mentoring me and, and getting me into my Bible study. Uh, one of the questions I ask is, do, can it happen uh, to sit in
0: one of more than one of More than of the one categories? category, yeah, because symbolism and metaphor. Uh, can be interchangeable. Can you take, have literal ch- uh, uh, a literal conversation as well as a metaphor style? So, so something can be literal, mm-hmm. all right, like the Passover lamb mm-hmm. and the whole process, but it also symbolized Jesus Yes, as he is the Passover lamb. Mm-hmm. You know, the manna in the wilderness, God sending the bread of life, Yep. Jesus says, I am that bread. Yes. Your, your father's ate manna in the wilderness, <laughs> but I'm the bread. Yes. The true bread that mm-hmm. comes down. So yes, they literally experienced manna based upon the, the, the biblical record. But at the same time, it was pointing to yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, so the answer is, yeah. And that was a great question. That was a great, <laughs> great question. You know, so again, so you take like Matthew chapter 5, verse 29 to 30. It says, if your right eye causes you to sin... Tear it out and throw it away. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Do we take this literally? No. If we did, I'd be missing an eye. You'd be <laughs> missing an eye. We, we, we'd be all left-handed, I left-eyed I, I, I might human beings. Missing being. both eyes. I don't know. <laughs> so it, it's it's hyperbole. Mm-hmm. It's it's an exaggerated statement to emphasize how how ruthless we should be when dealing with sin in our lives. Don't tolerate it. Don't give it any space. Deal with it. Mm. Get it out of there. Like cutting off your hand. And interestingly enough, the whole idea of plucking out an eye, cutting off a hand, it's painful. Yes. So even if it causes you pain to get Mm. rid of that sin in your life. That's another message on its (laughs) own. Then... That pain is worth it. Yes. All right? Yes. Because it's wow. better to remain whole mm-hmm. spiritually. Yes. Even if you are missing parts physically. <laughs> so Jesus was making a very powerful, you're going to preach that one. <laughs> you know yeah. I am.
1: I'm going <laughs> to preach a couple. I got a couple of messages <laughs> these past couple of Sundays. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, another example. Um, I love the Psalm 50, verse mm-hmm. 10. It says, the cattle on a thousand hills Belong to God. Yes. Right. He says, "The cattle of a thousand hills are mine." Do we take that literally or do we take it figuratively, symbolically? How do we take that? Mm-hmm. Well, if we take it literally, it means anything over a thousand cattle and a thousand hills is up for grabs. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't belong to God. I can grab it. I'm just buying. You can have some. Mm-hmm. Everybody can have some. Right? But that's not what it's saying. Mm-hmm. We can't take it literally. Essentially. It's, 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 it's speech, it's poetic speech mm-hmm. to express that God owns everything. Yes. There's nothing, absolutely nothing that escapes his control or his possession. Mm-hmm. Another passage to support that is the earth is the Lord's, the yes, fullness thereof, thereof, the mm-hmm. world and they that dwell therein. So that's poetic language mm-hmm. that we don't take literally. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll say, okay, God you only get a thousand, that's yours, <laughs> we get the rest. That's, that's not true. Mm-hmm. So again, reading the scripture, you have to learn to understand mm-hmm. what you know, type of speech yep. is being expressed mm-hmm. uh, in the scripture. So when we think about the question that he was asked, uh, that, uh, that he asked, Darius, yes. right, asked, all right, he was speaking from Habakkuk chapter one, verse 13, Yes. all right? And it says, your eyes are too pure, to look upon wickedness and the sight of evil you cannot endure. Do we take that literally? Because as we said, uh, he referred to the book of Job chapter Mm -hmm. one, where the sons of God, the angels Mm -hmm. came together and appeared before the Lord Yahweh and Satan came also. Mm -hmm. All right. We have the fact that God looks upon us in a sinful condition. Yes. All right? He is looking at sin every time he looks at an unredeemed human being mm-hmm. and when he looks at a redeemed human being like you and I who continue to struggle yep. with issues of sin, personal sin. The condition that we were born into, the sinful condition, was dealt with by Jesus but we still make personal choices, mm-hmm. all right, out of our woundedness, our brokenness, and yep. our human frailty. Mm-hmm. He's looking at all of that. He's looking at the angels that rebel. When <laughs> Jesus was here, he was, he was head on. with yeah. demons, yep. you know, demonic conditions that he addressed personally. So to say that this text and to extract it out, which mm-hmm. is problematic, there is a text, there's the context. Yep. All right, and context is everything. That's why when wherever we're saying, ah, uh, they, they took my words out of context. What are we saying? Yeah, it was not. Nice. There was something more mm-hmm. involved with that statement. You can't just extract it out and throw it out there and yeah. say, I said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what, what was around that statement? So in Habakkuk, all right, the context is your, God's eyes are pure, too pure to look on sin. But see, another problem, that's only half the verse. Yep, we got to re- read the whole verse. Mm-hmm. The whole verse says, you know, uh, not only your eyes are too pure to look upon wickedness and the sight of evil you cannot endure. Why then do you gaze on the faithfulness on the faithless in silence while the wicked devour those more just than themselves? Yep, it's contradiction. If you interpret that first part as God can't look on evil. Well, when we
1: look at the text, if you start from verse one, which is a part of the, you know, the, the hermeneutics uh, uh, process, the, the author is wrestling throughout most of that chapter of, of, of saying, okay, Lord, why this? Why that? You know, so when you get to verse 13, he's saying, look, I, I know you can't look on evil, but yet you allow it to happen. So, so he, there's a conflict that he's going through to because uh, you know, he, he, I know this guy that I serve, but I know what's happening now
0: and they don't li- line up. And see, that's the indictment that the prophet is bringing through poetic language. Mm-hmm. That's the indictment that the prophet is bringing to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, against God mm-hmm. because he's saying, your eyes are so pure, mm-hmm. you can't tolerate sin, and yet you're watching, <laughs> yes, you're yes. looking at these wicked people do wickedness, how come you're not doing yes. something about it yep. if you're so holy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the dilemma. He was, he was wrestling with that dilemma. So, so we can't take that literally. Mm-hmm. See, so it goes back to me saying that, you know, using that text mm-hmm. to support why Jesus felt abandoned, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? No, he -hmm. was expressing the emotion out of his humanity, Mm -hmm. feeling, taking upon the sin of the whole world. And remember, he was totally familiar with the Father's holiness. Yeah, no, I agree. He knows the distance, Mm -hmm. the separation between humanity, sinful humanity, and a holy God. Yeah. So his last question was,
1: how can God uh, look upon the devil Like, have a his presence. And so that's another discussion because— Well, no, no, no.
0: Let let me me, me jump on that because here's the problem. We tend to make sin—when we think this way, what he's talking about, we tend to make sin more powerful than God. So sin is that powerful that the almighty, all-powerful (laughs) God— Has to turn away. It's too much. It's kryptonite. <laughs> I gotta turn away. No, but he's it's too he, much. He's acquiring more than you know. He said, "I think he's got to learn I cross." I, I, I know, but but but, yeah. but he's he's representing a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. He's representing a hermeneutic. Yeah, the way people are interpreting. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. So and, and that's important. So think about it, Isaiah, right? Amongst others, but Isaiah comes before the Lord, right? In Isaiah chapter six, what does he recognize? He said. I'm a sinful man, I'm I'm a man of unclean (laughs) lips, I dwell amongst an unclean (laughs) people. So the reality is, it's quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. It's not that God can't look on sin, sin can't look at God. Mm. Sin cannot stand in the presence of God. Isaiah felt weak, every time anyone gets in the presence of God, they collapse, Mm -hmm. they drop. Sin is washed away in the Mm -hmm. presence of God. I'm getting goosebumps I yeah, no, preaching now. Like, <laughs> Come on. I'm about to get up and go. <laughs> sin cannot stand in the presence of a holy God. It's yes. not that the holy God can't stand in the presence of sin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the other way around. Yes. And that's why hermeneutic is so important. Yep. How we interpret things, how we understand things, will give us a, 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 an erroneous understanding about the mm-hmm. nature of God. Yeah. So can you imagine mm-hmm. if, you, if you feel sinful, then you, what? God can't look at me. But it goes
1: back to what you were talking about with prayer. You know, and we're still talking about prayer, and this is a good, you know, transition uh, with, with you know, how we sometimes approach God when we're ready to pray. You know, we sometimes say, well, you know, uh, I'm too sinful to even pray. You know,
0: exactly. uh, can God really forgive me? How bad can bad be before God can not forgive it? Exactly. You know? Exactly. And there is no evil. There is no sin that in humanity, mm-hmm. I want to separate the Thank angelic yep. world, but in humanity— that God cannot forgive. There's the no. Way, yep. <laughs> we can't.
1: Did you hear the separation? <laughs> uh, write that on a side note when you take your notes. There's a
0: separation. Uh, that's between, my. That's, that's hum- my spiritual warfare <laughs> class. Humanity you know? and the the, and the heavenly angels. Well, right. yeah, because the human body made redemption possible. Mmm. Did you, you get understand? that? And and <laughs> angels are are spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, who don't need a body? Yeah. All right. Their realm of existence doesn't require that. So our human body was given to us to adapt us to this physical world, mm-hmm. this realm of existence. Yep. All right. They don't. They don't. They don't need that. <laughs> oh man. So, um, so a, a wrong concept of God. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Will affect your relationship with God. It will mm-hmm. affect how you pray. I, I referred to it last week where we're two individuals, and Jesus is talking about it. He says, one stands up, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm righteous, <laughs> yes. I pay tithes, you know, mm-hmm. I go to the temple. You know, and the other man says, have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, well, which one do you think uh, God is going to hear? Mm-hmm. He said, the one who's contrite, the one. So who is he looking at? Yes. He's looking at the sinner. He's looking at the sin. Mm-hmm. You know, that's reality. So, prayer.
1: Yes, prayer. Let's go back to it.
0: All right, so, foundationally, -hmm. The presence of God. Yes. All right? You have got to be convinced that God is present. Mm -hmm. Did you hear me? I said, (laughs) You've got to be convinced that God is present. He's here. You don't have to call him down. You don't have to. (laughs) spit <laughs> scripture and carry on trying to get his attention. To no, he said he's right here. And that's the beauty of it. God can be everywhere and is everywhere present. That's his omnipresence. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere present at the same time. Yep. All right? Yep. That may be difficult to understand because we're used to this physical material world. So how can he be here and still on the other side of the planet? Mm-hmm. All right? Or in somewhere. Other well, it goes to the psalmist. The psalmist says, even if I go to hell, you're there, that's you know, so once Beautiful. again, to respond to the question, but Beautiful. even if I go to hell, you're there.
1: Yeah, where can yep. I flee from?
0: Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Ah, yeah, that's, that's a good text. I love that text. Psalm 139. Yep. All right? So, so we have to be convinced when we pray, when we go to God in prayer, we have to be convinced he's present. Mm-hmm. All right? We don't have to work up a sweat to get him present. No. <laughs> that's why I say that it's elevating the mind. Mm-hmm. It's elevating the consciousness you're now becoming aware of a reality that you, in which you live and move and have your existence, mm. but it's unseen, you see? So it's not staring you in the face like the physical thing, yes. the physical realm. So you have to now stop and, and elevate yourself, be above that physical realm, and now realize, hey, there's a spiritual realm. There are forces that are right here around me. Wow, that reminds me of the New Testament
1: uh, when he, the author writes. He says, "In Him I move; in Him I have my being." Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. He's here. He's mm-hmm. everywhere. Yes, and that's the yes. beauty of it. So you have to be convinced of God's mm-hmm. prayer uh, presence. Last week we said you have to be convinced of God's love for you. Yes. Remember in First John chapter mm-hmm. four, perfect love, verse yep. eighteen. Perfect love cast mm-hmm. out there. Verse sixteen says that you have to be convinced. I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. it. All right but this we know and believe yeah. in the love that God has for us. In yeah, the message translation, it says, I'm totally convinced. Ah, <laughs> that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what gives you confidence. Mm-hmm. You see? And we have to talk about confidence in prayer, which, which I'd like to get into if we have the time. <laughs> so number one, convince about God's presence. Yes. Number two, all right, his presence is an invitation to pray. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Come yeah. on, let's yes. talk. Yes, yes. Number two, he loves you. You gotta be totally convinced, all right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're convinced with someone that someone loves you, even if you offend them, you do wrong and disappoint them, Mm -hmm. right? That love compels you to go to them, to reach out to them. You may go slow. Yep. You know, (laughs) it's like, all right, can I come? Mm -hmm. But I'm asking yeah I don't alienate myself, I don't abandon the relationship. Yeah. and it is a drive to fix this, let's fix ah, this yeah
1: you know the separation yeah. this 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 detachment
0: yeah and mm. and and the the trepidation is 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 human mm mm-hmm. Because after Jesus' resurrection, he's on the beach, mm-hmm. he's cooking fish. Yep. He beckons to the disciples who are in the boat. Peter, who yep. denied him, they all go and they sit down. And Jesus doesn't condemn them. He mm. simply asks them the question, "Do you, do you love me? me?" Yes. And that's like, boom. That's like, <laughs> you know, stick a knife in and turn yep. it. What do you mean, "Do I love you?" I, yeah, I know I messed up. I denied you the cockroach, just like you said. And he asked him again, "Do you love me?" Yep. And, and, you know, you know I love you. Yes. You, know, you know I love you. Yep. And then he, and he, and he says, not only do I love you, Peter, but I'm still willing to trust in you, mm-hmm. to give you responsibility. Feed my sheep. Yep. Feed mm-hmm. my lambs. Mm-hmm. And who stands up on the day of Pentecost and gives that dynamic message yes. to introduce this age of the Holy Spirit and the church? Peter. It's Peter. Yep. It's Peter. So I want to talk about confidence in prayer real quick. Because in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, all right, in fact, we we need to we need to look at it. Reading from the New American Bible, so let us confidently approach the throne of grace, Mm -hmm. right? To receive mercy, not condemnation, not judgment. That's not the promise. To receive what? Mercy, understanding, Mm -hmm. empathy, to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help Mm -hmm. that King James language, come boldly to the throne of grace, grace." to obtain mercy in the time of need, (laughs) you know. But that word boldly means with confidence. Mm -hmm. But in the King James and other translations, it says, therefore, come boldly. Mm -hmm. Therefore, come with confidence. You know, whenever there's a therefore, you got to back up to find out what it's there for. Yes, yes. (laughs) So verse 14, Mm -hmm. therefore, since we have a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has similarly been tested in every way, yet without sin. So, therefore, let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. This Mm -hmm. is so important. The confidence is based upon the High priestly ministry of Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Remember in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. the high priest would go in mm-hmm. and offer forgiveness for the sins of the people. They trusted, yes, all right, in that priesthood and trusted that God would accept the offer, right? And the offense between them and God mm-hmm. was settled, yes, until next year. Yeah. <laughs> With Jesus, it's done once <laughs> and for all. Mm-hmm. That's why he's the great. High priest, right? Mm-hmm. So notice the confidence is pointing to the finished work of Jesus. Yes. That's important, all right? So our confidence in prayer is not in our own righteousness, it's not in our own moral condition, it's not because we've been good, naughty, or nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no. not a Santa Claus syndrome. Nope. All right? <laughs> it is our confidence in the finished work of Christ it is our confidence in what he did yep. and the fact that what he did satisfied the Father. Mm. So when I'm, think, when I'm going to God and pray, I'm not thinking about my own standing, my own morale. Was I good today? Do I mm-hmm. deserve this? Because people do that. They say, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't deserve this. I'm not even going to talk to God about mm-hmm. this. And we, we, we go to him and we say, Lord, I know uh, <laughs> I've done this, I did that. And we get lost in that as though... He is holding us to a standard of our own mm-hmm. morality. He does want us to do everything we can yep. to fight against sin, right? And fight against evil and do good. But that's not the basis for prayer. Mm. The basis for prayer is our confidence in the finished work of Christ. What Jesus did satisfied the father. That's why he's, oh, I love this. Love this. All right. That's why he is our Peace. Let me, let me see if I can go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2 14. Let me get there. All right. Listen to this. For he, Jesus, mm-hmm. is our peace. He who made both one and broke down the dividing wall of enmity through his flesh. Abolishing the law with his commandments and legal claims, that he might create in himself one new person, the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. in place of the two, thus establishing peace, and might reconcile both with God in one body through the cross. Get it? His Mm -hmm. finished work, putting that enmity to death by it. He came and preached peace to you who were afar off, and peace to those who were near. For through him, We both have access, there's the boldness, Mm -hmm. there's the prayer access, in one spirit to the Father. Mm -hmm. So he, let's go to another text, just one more text here. Romans chapter five. And I'm sure this is a familiar text to all the Bible students out there. Romans (laughs) five, one. Mm -hmm. Therefore, (laughs) since we have been justified by faith, Mm -hmm. faith in what? The finished work of Christ. Yep. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's like I offend you, right? Mm-hmm. And that creates a separation between us. Yep. But then I offer you something that is a sacrifice mm-hmm. on my behalf. You accept that peace offering. Mm-hmm. And now there's no more War between us. And the amazing thing about it is that he
1: offered the sacrifice even though he was the offender. That's right. You know, he didn't do the offense.
0: It was on our behalf. <laughs> yes. Right? That's mm-hmm. why in the Old Testament, the peace offering was offered when there was an offense. Mm-hmm. And that settled the offense once it was received. And interestingly enough, when the peace offering was made, the priest ate from it. The elders ate from it with their families, and the one who offered mm-hmm. took a portion of it home, and he and his family ate. Mm-hmm. So the peace offering is the only offering that everybody can partake of. Mm. And that's the symbol of Jesus. Yes. He made a way for everyone. Yep. So God and I are not enemies. That's where we got to start in prayer. We're not enemies. Mm-hmm. So I can come boldly. I can come without shame. I'm not yep. thinking about how I messed up last week, this week, (laughs) recurring sins. I'm not coming with that in mind. I'm coming knowing that, hey, we're cool, Mm -hmm. right? We're not enemies. We are friends. You've accepted. So again, I'm trusting what? The work of Christ, the finished Mm -hmm. work of Christ. That's what it means to come in the name of Jesus. Yes. He said, before this, you have asked nothing in my name. Why? Because they couldn't. Mm -mm. There was nothing offered on their behalf. He said, but the time will come when you, no matter what you ask the father in my name or based on my finished work. (laughs) Yes. Oh man, we say that because
1: there's been so many bad hermeneutics to that text. Yeah, I know. Can you please repeat (laughs) that?
0: Can you please repeat that? When you ask based upon my finished work yes. and my relationship with the Father, mm-hmm. you can ask for whatever you want <laughs> because you're going to ask in the spirit mm-hmm. of what I achieved on your behalf.
1: Wow, so even the character of Christ is expressed within the way you ask. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Man. You know, to, to reinforce that, go to Gospel of John chapter, chapter 11. We're in the book today. All right, chapter 11, verse 42. <laughs> All right, and... and, 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 and and before we get to verse 42, I, I, here's the setting. <laughs> okay. It's Lazarus. Mm-hmm. All right. He's sick. His sisters, Mary and Martha, send word. Jesus mm-hmm. delays. Lazarus dies, right? He gets there. And, you know, the whole deal, had you been <laughs> yeah. here, my brother wouldn't have died. But he gets to the tomb, all right? And, and, and this is the beautiful part. Jesus says, verse, verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they take away the stone, and Jesus raised his eyes mm-hmm. and said, listen to what he said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Mm-hmm. You understand what he's yes. saying? Yep. That's the basis for our prayer. We have confidence. Oh, this is good. Because we know yep, this is that good. he's going to get through. hmm that on that, That's why he's our advocate with the father mm-hmm. on our behalf. Yep. See, I know that you always hear me, verse 42, but because of the crowd here, I have said this out loud, that they may believe that you sent me. Mm. See? I don't need to let you know, but I want you to understand <laughs> yes. the relationships that's here. Even when he was, you know, when the soldiers came to take him, mm-hmm. he said, he said put, put away your sword. What do you think? I can't appeal to my father <laughs> and he wouldn't send 12 men? Yes. Look at the confidence. We have confidence in his relationship with the father. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what's what in the name of Jesus means. It means in the confidence of his finished work. I come to you, Father, mm-hmm. because it was all for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's just people, you know, one of the things people would take that text and it would go to such an extreme. Uh, and they will talk to God like, you, I tell you right now, you, you know, and the way they start praying is like. Okay, uh, I, 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 in the name of Jesus. Yes.
0: Oh, they, they <laughs> and, deal with the demon. And, and they you know. feel like if they get louder. Uh, and, uh, you know. Every demon <laughs> turns out to be a loud demon. Yes. Deaf, deaf <laughs> demon, I'm sorry. So yes. they got to speak loud. But. This is so important. Mm-hmm. You've got to be convinced of God's presence yep. here right now. Secondly, you've got to be convinced of God's love for you. God loves you. And what's the basis of that love? The love that you have for Jesus. Yes. That's why Jesus said, I pray that they'll understand that you love them mm-hmm. just as much as mm-hmm. you love me. Yeah. It's in that love that we come to the Father in prayer. <laughs> and that changes things. We have been so guilt-ridden so condemned. Like I said, the, the nakedness, the yes. inferiority, yep. the, the, the low self-esteem and self-worth, all of that washes away in the presence of God. Mm. All of it. God's holiness is greater so, than our sins. So God's presence. The presence of God. God's love and in confidence. That's it. Yes. That's it.
1: There's more. No, I know there's more. But we don't have enough time for more. <laughs> wow, that's a great message. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I think you just... Uh, are reshaping how people approach the throne of God. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's very difficult because we have a, a Western mindset. We have, you know, we we don't we don't understand, you know, the whole idea of a throne compared to uh, because we deal with the presidents. You know, we don't we don't understand <laughs> even the posture that we need to take. And this is, I think, really taking us to a, a new way of looking at prayer that we haven't looked at prayer before.
0: It's so important because. If you're not convinced of these things, mm-hmm. you're going to struggle in your prayer life. Yes. And prayer is going to depend on you and the life that you live. Mm-hmm. No, it depends on the life that was lived for you, wow. that you can enter into that finished work. He said, Father, it is finished. Yes, yes. I've done the work that you've sent me to do. It's completed. Mm-hmm. And then the resurrection, boom, now. We fellowship in his sufferings because we're still in our humanity, Mm -hmm. right? But we also get to know him in the power of his resurrection. Yes. That's what elevating your mind, elevating your heart to think differently. God is not your enemy. (laughs) He's your friend. He loves you. Yes, he's a holy God. But look at what Jesus said. I didn't come to judge the world. I came to, through me, the world, might be saved yes
1: yeah and then i think of you know that you know life more abundantly you know and so i look at those scriptures differently and um you know even the lord's prayer you know the, the, i believe that there's order and there's a specific reason why because he he prayed over 25 times in the bible mm-hmm. and when you look at it you you know, there's only one specific methodology or way that he taught us to pray uh, he said, when you pray, pray like this. Like this. And yeah. uh, there's something significant about that prayer, you know. And I, I got questions. I've asked you before. We, we got to unpack yeah, that. And we definitely we do. Unpack we definitely that. do. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah but yeah. Um, well, we'll talk more. And we have to talk about fasting mm-hmm. and just kind of tie that in yep. uh, as well. And, and, uh, and look, continue to pray for us because uh, leadership in crisis can be the most critical times of leadership. Mm-hmm not in the weight of the decisions that are made, but the criticisms that come against the leader because everybody plays armchair quarterback. Yeah, for real. You know, (laughs) you're sitting on the sideline, you're not in the game, but you know what should be done. (laughs) Backseat driver. Oh man, oh man. So so pray for our leaders in government, federal, state, local level, pray for pastors who are making critical decisions for their congregation their flock pray for your leadership here Mm -hmm. because we have to make decisions yes and we have to really put the priority on human life Mm -hmm. and that's what matters to us most and let me just say this to you all right the building may be closed but church is not shut down no not at all church Continues. It has continued. It started in homes (laughs) and in a little room in friendly synagogues that would let (laughs) those get together who were saying Jesus is Lord. Yes. You know. Um, So don't think that you know this is something new. Two thousand years of history. And in fact, uh, we're going to try to address some of that history uh, as we can. Yeah. We look back at. The history of the church and times that the church couldn't meet, mm-hmm. and, and try to understand uh, how that works. And believe it or not, there's more times than we even think
1: of. Yeah. you know, it might be something you know for our lifetime, but you know, not the lifetime of the church. And sometimes we put the church in our lifetime, you know, and it's just, yeah. it's just the, <laughs> and the movement of the church and how God is moving based on how the church looks in our lifetime. But we've overcome some serious obstacles as a church within the lifetime of the church. Two thousand years. Yes, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. The church. Well. Hey. <laughs> uh, to a close? Yes, let's come to a close. Uh, you, I, 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 I'm feeling led to pray for these pastors uh, and these churches as they make decisions. Um, you know, praying for places, uh, people to be in their ear for good wisdom
0: counsel. You sound like uh, you entered the prayer room. <laughs> come
1: on, pray it. Uh, let's pray together for uh, for these churches. Our uh, Father God, right now we ask that you just touch the ears of these ministers, these pastors, these, these decision makers, whatever the makeup of this, the church is, that you would just speak to them. Give them a spirit of discernment to hear what is not being said when things are said, Lord. You know, the, the information comes down from the news, from different doctors, from different uh, individuals. But Lord, we ask that you, you touch them and receive a, a spirit of discernment to hear what needs to be heard. Mm. Lord, not only to hear what needs to be heard, but what needs to be heard for the, their context whatever state they're in, whatever country they're in, wherever they are in this world, Lord, that you just touch them and anoint them afresh to lead your people the way you have designed them to lead. Lord, I pray that they will settle and, and move within their identity, move within their, their sphere of influence, knowing that they are designed and, 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 and called to a specific location, locale, and to a specific church, a specific style of church, Lord. Hmm. So Lord, we ask that you have your way. Move in their lives, you pray for their families, you pray for their membership, we pray for their 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 staff, the individuals that are counseling, yeah, Lord. Yeah, yeah. So that even if they might not hear you, Lord, that you have somebody in their ear that is hearing from you. So, Lord, we ask that you have your way, anoint them afresh, prepare them with a plan uh, uh, to, to re enter this thing called church mm. and to understand that there are new normacies, and, and it's okay to make some changes, that you are not gonna, we are not gonna mess up the gospel mm. if you make some changes on how we do church. Yeah. Because you are able to do things above and beyond what we are even thinking
0: yeah, yeah.
1: or imagine, You can use technology to touch lives as you are doing currently. So, Lord, we ask that you have your way. Bless them right now. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
0: Amen. 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 Good prayer. All right, thank, Good you. prayer. <laughs> thank you. Thank uh, you. Let me just remind maybe those of you that do, don't follow uh, me or us, the, the church on social media, um, I... Sent out a text, actually, I'm sorry, a post a post. A post. Mm-hmm. I'm learning this language. <laughs> uh, a post uh, stating that, you know, as a leader, there have been times when I have found myself caught in the tension between urgency and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, wisdom has always kept me safe. And maybe you can understand that by your own life experiences. Yes. so, CCC, we're continuing to do ministry like this until mm-hmm. further notice. We have some plans coming down, but right now uh, we're not rushing to go back in. We are slowly and cautiously is how we are approaching this. We are going to be doing weddings and funerals and things, and they can go to our website uh, to find out more uh, about that. But um, keep us in prayer because I have a pastoral responsibility You have a pastoral responsibility to the flock and their safety. And we have a social responsibility to citizens Mm -hmm. in our society to also be concerned about their safety. So, till next time. Till next time. (laughs) Uh,
1: How do do we leave this? As we leave this place with never God's presence, Jesus
0: Jesus is is Lord, Lord, period. period. We We believe it, we proclaim it, it, and we're we're seeing seeing it come come to pass. pass. God bless
1: you and enjoy the rest of your week.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.